Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. We are uh, excited today because uh, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics. And on Financially Speaking, we take the financial world, if you will, or the financial uh, industry and break it down into real English and layman's terms so that we can understand it at the level that we need to understand it. Because like, let's be honest, we don't all need to understand how all the graphing and metrics and um, all the formulas work. We just need to know how our stuff works. So that's what we do here on Financially Speaking uh, radio show. And really, that's that's what we do on Inspired Choices Network. We help to make people's lives easier and better and more fulfilling and, and empower women and, and people to, to do their best and with what they have all the time. So today, I said I'm going to talk a little bit about my favorite topic. So for any of you that were out there listening in February, and we talked about estate planning, I said that's one of my favorite topics. So I know some people get a little bit queasy just talking about finance, and then you talk about estate, and then they're just completely tuned out. But it's actually one of my fav- one of my favorite topics, estate planning, because it's it's the ultimate program to put together all the pieces of the puzzle. And with estate planning, I want to talk specifically about executor executrice. So that's obviously um, if you're an executor, you're a male. If you're executrice, you're female. Um, and so today we're going to talk about what what is an executor? What's their role? Um, is it an honor to be asked to be the executor of an estate? Is it a is it a curse? Uh, how do you view it? Um, are you even asked sometimes? And that, that's just the part that, that really makes me a little bit crazy is that people get named as a, an executor of an estate, for instance, and that's great. That means they have a will. That means they're doing some planning. That means they're thinking right on. I'm going to have all my, my ducks in a row. So my estate's going to be all clean and tidy and neat. And then they don't ask the person if they want to be the executor. So if you have a will, that's fantastic. You are already 10 steps ahead of the guy beside you um, because a lot of people don't have wills. And if they, some that, that do have wills have wills that are 20 years old and not have not been updated. So first thing I'm going to encourage everybody back when we talked about estates to get a will. If you do nothing else, get a will, get a will, get a will. And make sure your stuff is taken care of because when you don't have a will, and you die intestate is what it's called, then that means you are letting your friends, the government, the, you know, if you have two kids, the government becomes your third child you didn't know about that's looking after things that you didn't want to look after it. So you're looking into letting the government handle all your final wishes and your final distribution of property, and they're going to take your whole life and legacy and take care of how it gets distributed. And by the way, they're going to get paid for it because they're going to take a big chunk of tax. So get a will. Your stuff has to be accounted for. Don't let your kids argue about grandma's favorite brooch or heirloom that you had. Make sure you let them know who gets what. You can you can be as specific as you want and say, listen, I have two kids. I want 
and pretend that's for this example, we'll say you have two daughters and you have two sets of China, one's white and one's blue. And you're going to have your oldest daughter get the white set and your second daughter get the blue set. Don't let them fight over, well, I, we both want the white set or we both want the blue set. And then they get arguing. I've seen and heard of so many stories. We could do a whole show just on the stories that divide a family up because of these arguments over property and money of an estate because you didn't have a will. So get a will and let your kids know. Don't let them be in the most heightened emotional state and have to make these decisions for you. It's not how you want to leave your legacy. It's truly not fair to your kids or your family that you've got in charge of it. So make sure you look after your own stuff. This is your final legacy. And I, and I know I sound like I'm harping on this because I am. Get a will. Make sure your wishes are heard. Make sure you know where you want to be buried and that other people know this. So that's where you get buried. I have seen cases where there's no will. There's never been a discussion between the spouses about um, whether they're going to be buried or cremated, if they're going to be um, buried in this particular cemetery or this particular um, city or this particular country because you could have been born in one country and been living in another country and your intention has always been to be buried back in your homeland. And if people don't know this, that's not going to happen. So there's got to be planning for it. Not only does it not happen, how it happens is going to be a question. So this is what your will is. Your will is your last conversation with your loved ones to say, this is what I want to happen with my stuff. So that's what that's really an important piece of the puzzle. Obviously, when we talk about finances, we're talking about stuff all the way up from um, your career to your retirement to your estate. Uh, we're talking about how to grow your money. We're talking about how to be tax efficient. We're talking about how to save your money. We're talking about the whole picture of your life. And I know this is why, for me, I think finance is so fun and so important because it's really the whole picture of your life. Like, it's great, you know, you, you, you need money to go on vacations, you need money to put in a pool, and I say that because it's really stinking hot outside where I am, and uh, we're into summer months now, so, you know, you get thinking about the water and the pool, So, but you need money for all that stuff, and that's great, and that's what your financial plan's for. While you're alive and while your family's doing all these great things, and the kids are growing up, and they're going off to school, and then they get married, you have to pay for a wedding, and then they have kids, and you have these grandbabies you're going to pay for and spoil if you want. This all is all fun and emotional, and it takes a, it takes a certain amount of money. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. It's just within whatever your plans and your desires are. Your estate is the whole piece of you that's left. So that's your house, that's your car, that's your dog, that's your cat, that's your fish, that's your favorite earrings, it's your great-grandmother's pendant that you inherited, it's your mother's dishes that you inherited. It's everything. It's your husband's pocket watch that his great grandfather gave. Like that's all your stuff. If you look around your house where you are, that whole thing is your estate. And everything that is not in your house is also part of your estate. So basically anything with your name on is part of your estate. This is why it's so important to get a will. So now that I've just hammered that in on this hot day, <laughs> let's talk about executors. And I'm just going to executor, executrice. I'm just going to use executor for today. Um, it's the same term. One's masculine, one's feminine. So that's the only difference. So what is an executor? An executor is that person that you put in charge to say, 
I want you to administer my will and I want you to make sure my last wishes are honored. So an executor is not the person that comes in and says, um, well, I'm going to divvy up the property with the white dishes here and the blue dishes here. Even though you said to your daughters, I'm going to give it to your cousin or your nephew. That's not what the executor does. The executor is the person whose sole responsibility is to come in and administer the estate to your wishes. So that person could come in and say, hey, um, you know, there's some questions about who gets what or how because it's not entirely detailed in the will. And the executor is responsible to go through the process to figure out who gets it. It's not about the executor. And, and the executor is not going to say, you know what, forget both of you. I'm going to take the blue dishes or I'm going to take the, you know, the extra set of knives. It's, it's not about that. But the executor is a really important role. So if you get asked to be an executor, a lot of people are like, wow, what a great honor. That's so nice. I'll just come in and I'll read your will and I'll say, here's the dishes, here's the cups, here's your, you know, collectible stamps or whatever the case may be. But there's a huge responsibility to being an executor. There's a legal responsibility to being an executor. There's liability issues to being an executor. It's an important job. So it's not just about uh, being a nice guy and coming in and divvying up the, the stuff for your friend or your relative. Um, it's about being um, emotionally responsible and financially responsible and legally responsible. And I know that could freak you out a little bit. I know there's some comments in the chat room about, you know, getting, it's a little freaky. And uh, it's true. It can be. But it also, when the estate's in a good condition and you've done good planning, and I mean, obviously, I'm going to sound biased because I am an advisor, but it, this is stuff that you do as an advisor. You get this stuff tidied up. If you don't have an advisor, go talk to one. Be comfortable with one. There's lots out there. If you don't like the one that you've got, go talk to somebody else. You have to be comfortable to talk about your stuff. And you get all your stuff lined up and in order. And this stuff, is, this is not a process that's going to take you uh, typically on an average uh, North American family or person. It's not taking months and years and, and you know, decades to get this stuff organized. Of course, some estates are bigger than others. So naturally, there's going to be more people involved and lawyers and accountants and so forth. But typically, you can work with your advisor and get your estate nice and tidied and organized and tax efficient and, and everybody's happy and things just proceed nice and smooth and calm. And that's really what you want. But as your executor, you want to make sure that you pick somebody that you trust, pick somebody that is responsible you, you want to be able to, to pick somebody that you can talk to and tell them, say, listen, I'm thinking about having you as my executor and my estate's all in order and this is who my lawyer is and this is who my advisor is. Um, is this something that you would be willing to do? And ask them because you know what? Some people might say, no, I don't want that responsibility or I'm not comfortable doing that or I, for whatever reason, I don't want to do that. So that's what you need to know, because if you leave somebody as an, an executor to your estate, your will, and they're not comfortable or they're not prepared to do it and they remove themselves, you aren't here to see who now takes over. So that goes to the there's a whole process with the courts to change executors and so on and so forth. And uh, this isn't about all the legal obligations as far as that's concerned and the legal process. But this is a very specific process in both Canada, the United States. Like this is um, 
very important to your estate, very important to probate, which, you know, of course, is our, our, our it's our kind word for taxes, I think, because <laughs> you know what you're going to be paying. But um, these are things that you want to look at. So some tips I'm going to talk to you about later on choosing your advisor or sorry, choosing your executor, choosing your advisor we went through before. So you, we definitely will be checking on your advisor. But um, you want to talk to people that are executors that you are comfortable talking to now, because if you are not comfortable talking to them while you're here on this planet, then what makes you think that your family is going to be comfortable talking to them when you are not here? So when you pick your advisor, pick somebody, then we'll talk about some criteria for that, but make sure you ask them. It's Your will, this is not like, I mean, Hollywood's had some pretty fantastic movies, but let's be honest, your will and your last wishes are not a Hollywood movie. This is not the time for it to be surprised. Um, you know, we thought there was lots of money and there isn't, or we thought there was no money and surprise, there's all this money. And what do you mean? So-and-so is the beneficiary and so-and-so is the executor. And there's a big surprise on, uh, who's going to be looking after the estate or a big surprise on who the lawyer is. And these people read the will and there's all these shocking things that come out of the will. That is not how it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be clean and easy and the least amount of emotional scarring and pain that you can possibly do. And it's while it's entertaining to watch in Hollywood, it is not entertaining to go through. I have seen cases like that. There is nothing entertaining at all about the the emotion that families go through. They're, I mentioned before, they're high emotion. And typically high emotion is low intelligence. The combination goes that way because you're not thinking clearly. So you have high, you're in a high emotional state. And then you get into arguments and I've seen, I know families that don't, haven't spoken for years over estates. The last parent passed away, the estate gets read, they have fought over dishes, they have fought, dishes, by the way, that they didn't have before and they didn't want. So these are dishes that mom left behind. So all of a sudden they're fighting over this, they're fighting over who gets what part and they haven't spoken to each other for years. And really, is it worth it over dishes? I mean, I have literally seen a case where they have fought over dishes. And I mean, I mean, they're nice dishes, but come on. Like, that's you're, you're breaking up your whole family over some dishes. So this is why it's really important to have a will. I can't stress that enough. And to pick your executor wisely. And when we come back after our first break, we're going to start to talk about uh, what the executor's job is, how they get compensated because there is compensation there which obviously when we start talking about compensation we have to ask about tax about tax effects because there's some of those too so when we come back from our break we're going to start talking and diving into this whole topic about your executor is it a curse or is it an honor you are listening to financially speaking with myself kathy cook noble on the inspired choices network and when we return we're going to continue to talk about being an executor and we will be right back Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cooknable on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about being an executor. Is it an honor or is it a curse? So before we went to the break, I was just on my uh, passion about making sure everybody has a will and talking about the effects of not having a will and some of the stress that you may cause for your family, which is not intentional. But And I know sometimes people get afraid to talk about this kind of stuff because they they start to get emotional about it. But don't think of it that way. Just think about it as another project that you have to get done. And that's just organizing your estate. This is your stuff. We're going to get it organized. And then we're going to carry on, have a good time, and, and enjoy whatever party we're going to or vacation we're going on and, and making sure that everything's organized. Because that's really, in my opinion, that's really the best gift you can give your family is when you pass to make sure it's um, a seamless and easy passing of an estate. Because like I mentioned before, they're going to be in a high emotional state and, and they're going to be upset and mourning the loss of whoever their loved one is. Don't make them turn into having to have to deal with this this big business effect of whatever your estate might be. So those are things that we want to just make sure we look after for our family. Um, I did want to, I mentioned I was going to talk to you about the executor specifically because that that's a really, really important job for an estate. So an executor is the person that administers the estate. So they're the ones that you're really putting in your place to make sure your wishes are heard and your 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 stuff is distributed the way you want it to be done. So you want to understand how that works. So an executor's job is to enforce the will. And an executor is not the only person. It's it's done with the uh support of a lawyer, sometimes an accountant. Um, depending on the size of the estate, it depends on uh, how many different executors you might have. You can have more than one, and they do get paid for it. There is compensation for that. And in different countries, different provinces, different states, uh, it, it can vary. But uh, I'll give you some information on how that works right here in Canada. But um, the details of the compensation, it's actually possible for you to talk to your executor and say, okay, hey, I want you to be the executor on my estate. And they say, yep, I want to do that. That's fine. That's great. And then you can agree to a level of compensation. Well, you're alive. It's just like any other business transaction. I want you to represent me. And in return, this is how much I, I would like to propose that you get paid. And 
you can do it with or without compensation. Um, typically, it's done as a clause in the will. Sometimes it's done by a separate compensation agreement. Um, it's usually referred to as incorporated by reference into the will. So there's different ways that you can do it, but I encourage you to do it. So have the conversation. Make sure your executor knows who you want to be your executor. And then talk to them about the compensation. Sometimes that's more awkward, quite honestly, than talking to them about their estate is how much you're going to pay them. Because uh, some people, most people, when they've been an executor, they've only done it once. So they have no idea how it works. And that's why you need the guidance of a lawyer and your advisor to help you through it. Um, they had no idea that you got paid or you could get paid. And they had no idea that if you do get paid, that uh, you're subject to taxes for your own income, right? So these are all things they have to know because if you make somebody an executor and it's a surprise, you're the executor kind of thing, then they might be like, uh, surprise, I'm not doing it. And you're not here now to not know it because they don't want to take on the responsibility, but they also don't want to take on any tax burden. So when we talk to people, be calm, be calm, be open, be honest. If you're nervous, if you are uncomfortable talking about money or stuff, get your advisor, get your lawyer. When you're doing your estate planning, if you're working with an advisor, which obviously you know I think you should be, then have your advisor meet with you and say, hey, um, this is how it works when you're an executor, compensation works this way. And then it's not even the uncomfortable conversation that you have to have, but you're present and you know what's happening. So don't be afraid to use your advisor for more than just calling up and saying, um, hey, I got some money I need to invest or, hey, I need some money that I have invested. Can I withdraw it? Like, that's not the role of an advisor. And I know a lot of people out there, that seems to be the way that they use us. And, and it's not. So, I mean, I'm always kind of a nuisance with clients because I like to make sure we meet once a year at least. We review everything. I send information out during the year. Like, make sure you understand what's going on. Um, you know, you have to understand your stuff. So let's make sure you know what it is and where it is. And I think that's just a general calming for most people to understand it. So um, don't be afraid to ask your advisor. They, they're they there to help you. So when we talk about um, fees for an executor, they can obtain approval of if there's any changes from the beneficiaries. Remember I said they could say, hey, I don't want to do it. Or they could have a question about the fees after you're gone. So who are they going to talk to? Well, the only people at that point when you're not here and the will's there and this is it, no changes to the will after you're gone, the people that you go to are the court system. So those are the ones that you go to and the court reviews it and the court says yes or no or yes, but with these amendments or these conditions. So you always have to make sure that you have it in place before because then you're leaving up to the court to decide and they don't know you. They just look to the law and they say this is what the the acts are for various jurisdictions or various um, uh, areas that you're looking at in law and that's it. They just look to the estate, um, uh, the state administration act. They look at different probate acts. So don't leave it up to the court. Make sure you have it taken care of. So when you do have an executor, how do you determine the appropriate amount of compensa compensation? Well, the trustee acts of lots of provinces in Canada here, BC, British Columbia, Nova Scotia, PEI, Prince Edward Island, uh, Newfoundland, Labrador, they establish maximums, but there's no further legislative guidance to, um, that's provided. So if you're in one of those provinces here in Canada, then there's a maximum amount, but otherwise there's not a maximum. So in the absence of the 
the statutory fee, a percentage-based approach has evolved. And that's just very simply a percentage of the estate. And the courts generally start with what's, what's the common term is usual percentages. And that's the access that the result gets to a certain set of criteria, and that's established through case law. So the usual percentages are up to 5% of the value of capital assets and up to 5% of the value of income collected in the estate. So if you have a, if you have a trust that is established under the will, and these are all things that you can talk to your advisor about. Don't get caught up in whether what's a trust and, you know, what's an asset. But if you have a trust that's been established under the will, and the annual care and management fee could also apply for the trust. So while there's uh, the result is similar, the practice differs in Ontario, which is actually where I am right now, and where the general rule is to further categorize between receipts and disbursements and charge 2.5% on each entry. So applying the after you apply the usual percentages, the results reviewed, and you get determined whether or not it's fair and reasonable in certain circumstances. And the court looks to five factors when they make this decision. They want to know, one, the size of the estate, two, the care and responsibility involved in administering the estate, number three, the time spent by the executor on this case, number four is the skill and ability displayed by the executor, and number five is the success of the, the, success of the administration. So the court has a wide discretion. Wide discretion, that means they have a lot of authority to adjust or even to disallow the amount of compensation that's been claimed. So an executor who fails to properly deal with the estate assets or they commit a breach of trust or they cause a loss to the estate, um, they will definitely, I can't say definitely, but they will no doubt <laughs> be reviewed and most likely have a lower compensation rewarded to them. So courts also have the authority to review expenses claimed by the executor. So executors can claim expenses. So this is the executor role, if you think of it, it's kind of like having a consultant come in, administer everything, and then, you know, they charge you for photocopying and, and mailing and long-distance calls or travel time or whatever the case may be. It's very similar to executors as well. So only the expenses deemed to be reasonable will be approved for, reimbur approved for reimbursement to the executor. So... Um, if the executor tries to, you know, it's stressful and they decide they're going to take a, a one-week uh, trip to Florida to relax, not a good chance that they're going to be able to claim that as a reasonable expense. So those are the kind of things that the court would look at. Um, that would also bring into probably some uh, some questioning of the skill and mobility displayed by the executor. But um, those are things that the court would decide on if that's the case. So remember, when you have a will, you're saying... Um, this is all my stuff, and this is how I want it distributed. Everybody's will has to go through court to be approved, let's say. It's not approved, but it, 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 it is in a sense because it's being probated and sent through court to say, this has happened, we're accepting it as law, and it's legally going to happen this way, and, and it's going to be now available, by the way, for anybody to look at it publicly. So in Ontario here, and the, I mean, the rules are different in a lot of places, but similar, they're pretty similar in this case, where uh, will becomes public information. So, and that's for transparency, you know. So the executor, everything they do is going to be displayed in public because it tells you this is what the will is. It was probated, and this is how it was, it was handled. So if, you know, great-grandma's dishes were being split in the will and something 
went through the court system or the executor had the authority to change, to adjust something and it was changed, it will, it will show. That's how it was changed. So it becomes public record. So anybody can go up and, and read a will um, in different government offices. So depending on where you are, like in Ontario here, you could go up to uh, read it in uh, the land titles office and see who who left what to whom. <laughs> if you're curious, you know, I think you pay, depending on the fee, it's about, I don't know, 8 or $17, $16 now. I forget what it's up to, just to, to go in and read it um, and get a copy of it if you want. So we're going to um, talk a little bit about some additional insights here on the executor. So the perceived attractiveness, and I use the word perceived for the compensation because people think that, oh, I'm just going to go in and administer this and I get paid to do it. But you have to remember, this is a real legal situation and you want to look after it. So the court's not going to become involved in dividing the fee among co-executors. So if there's more than one, make sure they know and they know who each other, who each other is and that they've already agreed on how the compensation is going to work. This is a point of contention that if it's not worked out equally shared, then you can have a real problem. So be very careful. You're not going to have two executors doing equal work, taking on equal liability, and then you're going to pay one more than the other. Be real careful with that. Um, the agreements that are generally addressed with the executor's entitlement, um, just you should uh, lay a co-worker wish to be paid. He must negotiate separately with the beneficiaries. So the people who are benefiting, which is the beneficiary, typically it's the it's the children of an estate, but it's the person who receives something out of the estate. So you just you got to be awful careful that you're not going to be fair to one and not to the other. Um, you have to watch what fees you pay to an agent, like a lawyer, an accountant, a trust company, whoever um, has been retained to perform duties on behalf of the executor. They must be deducted from any fees otherwise payable to the executor. So theirs are separate. The amount received by a lay executor is treated as taxable income. So it's just like you got income from a job and are also applicable to HST, GST, depending on what province you're in or what state you're in. And they must be charged and withholdings, such as in Canada, CPP, which is Canada um, Pension Plan payments, they also apply. So it's like taking a job. It's like you're an employee of that estate. Um, and then the vast majority of estates are administered by lay executors without subject to court review. So they can go very smoothly. However, that if there's clients acting or considering acting as executors, Bear in mind that you're entitled to seek court approval of the accounts and compensation subject to the terms of any compensation agreement and that beneficiaries, they also have the right to require them to present their accounts and propose compensation for court approval. So just because you don't have to go through court approval doesn't mean that you can't. You can request it. Beneficiaries can request it. If they think you're doing something unscrupulous or illegal, they can request it from the courts too. So it doesn't mean that it's an automatic requirement, but it's certainly available there if people need it. Uh, we're, there's so much to know about the executors. It's, it's fascinating because so many people, um, that do have a will, I applaud them because they have one. And then they, they appoint an executor and then they don't tell them who the executor is. So have the conversation with them because the executor's jobs are really, really important. And there's a lot of pieces that go with it and a lot of liability that goes with it. So we are going to take our second break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about some important tips that you and the executor need to know. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue to talk about being an executor, the role that you may or may not want. 
We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about being an executor, whether it's an honor or a curse. And before we went to break, we were just talking about the compensation details of being an executor and how it's like a job because you get paid, you have responsibilities, you're legally obligated to do certain things. Um, and I say, is it an honor or is it a curse? Well, you could look at it either way. My my personal opinion is it's it's quite an honor to be asked by somebody to administer their very last um, wishes and, and implement all the wishes of their will. That, that is pretty pretty strong um, message that you're sending to somebody, and it's a, it's a huge responsibility you're asking them to take on. So in that respect, it's an honor. Um, if the estate's not in very good order or if it comes as a surprise and you didn't know you were the executor, I think you could argue it's a bit of a curse because now you're being brought into a situation that you really don't know the rules to. You know, it's like being sent out to to play basketball and you have no idea what the rules are. You don't know which way to shoot the ball. You don't know how to dribble. You don't know that you get caught traveling if you're not dribbling the ball and, and you just can't do it really well or successfully. So that's not the kind of situation you want with your, your seat. So when you're looking at your executor and we're looking at compensation, there's typically, I said, there's typically the fee, and it's 5% that we, we do here in Ontario. Different provinces are different. Some are 4%. California is 4%. Um, for the Ameri- Some of the Americans are, states are, are different. They have different rules, but they're generally the same concept, right? So the numbers change a tiny bit. Um, it's important, though, for some tips with your executive that I want to share with you. And some of them you're going to think, well, obviously. But you know what? They're not so obvious sometimes. So choose your executor wisely. Pick somebody who's capable, responsible, local, and impartial. You don't want to pick an executor who doesn't live nearby. So if um, if you're in the U.S. and you live in Florida, don't pick an executor that lives in Australia or in, in Alaska because uh, that's pretty long distance for them to do it. And you don't want them eating up the estate with uh, travel fees or, or different kinds of fees for couriering stuff to them and back. And, and there are rules actually around whether or not you can have somebody um, 
that far away, out of country, for example, as a exec, as an executor in your estate. Um, it can take, there's a great question in, about how long it takes to do the job. It depends on the estate. And these can carry on. I, I can give you examples of a couple. Uh, there's a case right now that I know that's been going into its third year. They have taken executors off the case. They have applied the court to the courts and had a new executor appointed that's not related. And it's going into its third year. The state is still not being, has still not settled. The executor has still got more work to do. And um, it doesn't look like it's going to be settled anytime soon. And that's not a complicated, that's just a normal, if I, you know, to give you all the details of the case, you would be like, oh, that's just like me or my neighbor or my cousin or my uncle. Pretty standard story. But that's how it can get tied up. If you get the wrong executors, you get them in the wrong place. You get people, in this case, that don't get along. So you have to um, really be careful of it. Uh, some cases, some some estates can be quicker and easier um, if everything's all lined up well. If the there's no contesting, there's no issues with families. The executor has um, support of the lawyer to and the advisor, and they work together nice and neatly to get this done. It's not it's not meant to be a big complicated mess. It's meant to be smooth, and that's how you make it smooth when you're alive. When you're with when you're here now, this is how you make it smooth for later. Because and this is why I come back to. For me, I look at it, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think this is your legacy. This is it, your last message to the world. Um, I know your legacy. People will, will say I'm wrong. It's their kids or it's their business or it's, you know, whatever if they, they've left behind that, you know, their donation to the charity or, or whatever. Um, and, yeah, that's, of course, that's all part of your legacy too. But but I think your your last message to the world, you know, you want it to be neat and clean and without a lot of conflict. So some more t- important tips. Choose an executor that's going to outlive you. That might seem pretty obvious, but seriously. Otherwise, their executor becomes yours. Like, you want to, you want the executor to outlive you. So if something happens, and I know things can happen, and you pick somebody who should outlive you and, and some tragedy strikes, then you have to update your will and put a new executor in. Don't leave it. And don't forget to ask the new person. So a named executor can actually renounce their position. So make sure that the person you're wanting to to do this is willing to serve and communicate with them, and they're actually in agreement to take this position on. Uh, if you don't have a will and you die intestate, like I mentioned at the beginning, that's a big mess. Don't do that because then the courts decide who gets what, and that's your hard-earned estate. That is your sweat that went into building your business or or making a great life for your family, or paying off your house because you worked really hard, or leaving some money um, that you know you've invested that you want to leave to your kids. Don't 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 die intestate because then you're leaving it to some faceless, emotionless entity like the government to look after your stuff. Um, an insolvent estate is who gets paid first. If it's insolvent, that's just like insolvency when you're alive. Who gets paid first? It's the funeral home, then executor, then lawyer, advisor, Rev Canada, creditors, the province. Beneficiaries aren't on the top of the list. So make sure your estate is organized and that it's going to be in the order that it needs to be in to pass on whatever it is you want to pass on to to your family. Uh, executor's fees, they're set by the provincial court in Canada. Ontario's 5% of the assets submitted for probate. A bank or trust company may charge as high as 7%. So make sure you know what you're doing and who you're who you're asking to be part of this um, 
estate planning for you. Uh, probate, uh, I know I mentioned it briefly, but it's the process of the provincial court where it approves the will that's presented as authentic and valid. And once this is complete, then you get a certificate of a state trustee, which is issued to the executor. That can take about six to 12 weeks here in Ontario. So this is not something where it's just going to happen and be done in 24 hours, even the easiest and most transparent and uncontested estate. Um, if any estate that's worth, worth less than $10,000 actually doesn't need to be probated here. So, um, you'd be, there are, I mean, it happens obviously, but, um, you start to just look around and I think if you're looking at contents of your house and you add it up, you probably would get that number. Uh, probate is not needed on the first spouse death. It's actually on the second. So probate is the last person that passes away. That's when everything gets probated. Okay. Um, calculating your probate fees. So I think for any of you that, uh, heard me talk about this in February, I referenced something called Eat the Estate Administration Tax here in Ontario. And I think that just proves the government has a sense of humor that they call it the Eat Estate Administration Tax. It's 1.5% of probatable assets. So that includes your bank accounts, your mutual funds, your home, your vacation property, rental property, stocks and shares, savings bonds, uh, extensive art, jewelry collection, stamp collection, all that stuff. The only thing that's exempt from probate fees is your insurance proceeds. So when you pay out a life insurance policy, and we talked about this in a, a quite a long time ago in our life insurance show, but a named beneficiary is um, bypasses probate, so it gets paid directly to the beneficiary. So who gets paid? Well, here we have the Minister of Revenue, the which is the government, the lawyer, the accountant, and the executor all base their fees on the amount of the assets submitted for probate. So depending on the structure of your state, it could be as high as 16.5%. In total fees, or to put it into real numbers, that's $82,500 on a $500,000 estate or sorry, investment. And for people who are out there thinking, well, I don't have that much money, how much is your house when you sell it? Right? How much is your car? How much is your, your dishes, your collectibles? All that stuff that you have becomes a number of your estate to say, oh, well, you have $10,000 in cash in your bank account. Well, that's $10,000 cash to your estate. So those are, you, it, it, you'd be amazed at how things add up. Um, the changes to the probate rules. Well, here in Ontario, this happened January 2013, and they're the new prescribed information required about the deceased. So it's not, which is not yet disclosed by the Minister of Revenue. Anyway, a new four-year assessment window, which will require the estate file to remain what's called open for potential reassessment by the Minister of Revenue. So misrepresentation may result in a minimum of fine of $1,000 or a maximum of fine, ready? A maximum fine of two times the tax payable and or two years imprisonment. It's a big deal. It can be a big number. Two times the tax payable or two years in jail. So this will make the estate settlement process more costly and more time-consuming with greater potential for liability to the executor. So when I was talking about liability, I mean real serious liability. It is now more important than ever to address your estate planning issues and protect those you leave behind. I may have stressed that for you, and I just want it to be something that you really, it doesn't matter how big your estate is. It doesn't matter how much money you have invested, you don't have invested is, is in respect to your estate. It matters that you have it organized and that you have it in order. If you have a $5,000 retirement 
savings plan, however it may be, whether it's registered or whether it's open money, if it's in stocks, if it's in a GIC, if it's in a savings account, doesn't matter where it is. That's part of your estate. Make sure it's organized. Make sure you know exactly who's getting it and when and how. So some strategies when we come back after the break, I'm going to give you a couple strategies to help you avoid probate and help your estate executor um, to help help with the probate. Um, also, your advisor will help with this is where it's really key and important to have an advisor and talk to them and just, you know, have a discussion. And then every year you update it, right? Once it's done, then it's just a little tweaking here and there. You know, if you win the lottery or if you get an inheritance or if you buy a, a cottage or you whatever the case is, then you just have to add that and tweak it. So um, once you have your plan in place, just keep it up. That's uh, it's great to do. It's easy to do. And that's what your advisor's there. Don't forget, that's what they're there for, to help you. We're up to our last break of the afternoon. And when you come back, we're going to talk about some strategies about um, probate avoidance, um, which is, you know, meaning saving more money in your estate and some executor liability, their personal liability. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. When we return, we'll continue to talk about executors and whether or not we think it's a curse or we think it's an honor. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking about being an executor, whether we think it's an honor or whether we think it's a curse. Or maybe now we're thinking maybe it's both because there's a lot that goes with it. So before we went to break, we were just talking about some tips that you and your executor need to know. And by you, I mean you, the testator, the person who is drawing up their will, doing their estate, doing their planning, getting it all organized. And before we went to break, I said, I'm going to talk to you about some strategies to avoid probate and some liability uh, that you need to know about if you're an executor. So this isn't to scare you off. It's just to make you informed. There's a lot of people out there that are executors. And uh, there's a lot of people out there that are going to be executors. And I just hope that the ones that are going to be executors know, know that they are rather than don't, because that's something that is not meant to be a surprise. And yet it seems to be more and more. So it's not a surprise. Don't make it a surprise. So strategies to avoid probate, um, joint or co-ownership. So um, this means that 
you own with somebody else. So if you're a joint owner with your kids, for example, although you're responsible for their misfortunes as well, um, if they divorce, then the ex can lay claim to half the assets. This is a risk. It's, it's a strategy. I'm not saying these are the best strategies. Each of them is going to be personally available um, for whatever your case may be. So it's a case-by-case basis. Just in general, these are strategies. There's always some risks that go with them because it depends on your situation. This this particular one is a risky recommendation because, um, you know, if you have a joint account with your kid and, and one of your kids goes through a divorce or something, then that account becomes part of their divorce that could potentially be a messy divorce. So you want to be careful. Um, estate-friendly investments. So there's there's something, this is what we're going to call estate-friendly investments. So these are things that um, makes it easier for your executor because uh, the value is not submitted for probate. So how cool is it if you're going through probate and you're the executor and you come across stuff that is so estate-friendly that means you don't have to deal with it. It bypasses probate. There's lower professional fees. It avoids the 1.5% tax. It avoids delays. There's value and the beneficiaries remain private. Like it's just, it's that's the, the nice, easy stuff that you want to see. Um, there's stuff called segregated funds, which are offered in uh, by a Canadian life insurance company. These are excellent tools to avoid probate fees and delays. Um, the proceeds can be paid out to beneficiaries within two weeks of the claim. They're available in all kinds of different uh, investment tools, uh, right from RFPs to TFSAs to RIFs and all that other um, stuff that we've talked about. Um, If you haven't heard from them because your money's at a bank, I'm not going to say this is not a a one-size-fits-all, but if you have your stuff invested at a bank and you're like, why haven't I heard about these? If these bypass probate and they're so great and they're an investment and they do great return or they can do great returns why haven't i heard about these the bank can't offer them so here in canada there's different licensing rules and different acts so the bank can't offer them so and lawyers don't usually know about them either um or maybe they don't want you to know about them because they reduce their fees because they bypass the probate process so this is why i say talk to an advisor uh, be comfortable with your advisor. And when we talked before about what questions to ask your advisor, just ask the good questions because you want to know that your advisor is licensed to talk to you about these products and offer them to you and help you with them. And not all advisors are. Remember, not all two people are, no two people are all exactly the same in the same industry. No two lawyers are the same. They don't all practice the same law. No two advisors are exactly the same when it comes to finance. They don't always specialize in the same thing. They're not always licensed to handle the same product. So ask the questions when you're talking about your to your advisor about a state ask the questions you know what do you recommend can you do stuff that's going to bypass probate um they're called seg- segregated funds because they're separate or segregated from the rest of the assets and it's through a life insurance company so they're all, they're heavily regulated they're monitored by the federal and provincial government here um so it's not some crazy wild west story i'm telling you they're phenomenal they can be phenomenal investments for people so have a look um Probated will becomes public record. Anyone can pay and go see it, um, like I mentioned to you before. So the executor is personally liable for maintaining the credit worthiness of the estate and protecting the assets of the estate until distributed. You're responsible as the executor. You have one year to settle the affairs of the estate, after which the beneficiaries can demand payment of their legacies and interest begins. You must notify the home insurer that the home is vacant for insurance coverage to be continued and valid. The executor has a fiduciary duty to act only in the best interest of the deceased. They're your representative when you're not here. Um, 
You'll want to look at the executor fees. If you're both the executor and a beneficiary of the estate, you take your fee as an increase in inheritance rather than as a fee. That can help you avoid pay some of the income tax. So if that's an option, these are things that you're going to talk to about with the advisor and the lawyer on how it's structured. And you typically want an experienced advisor. Uh, not any advisors truly understand probate and specialize in estate planning. Like I said, not too, all, too, all lawyers specialize in the same law. Not all advisors specialize in the same financial practice. So what you want to do is have a conversation, talk to your advisor, make sure you're comfortable, and make sure you ask questions about estate planning because you are there talking. If you're talking to an advisor about your investments, you have an estate. Everybody has an estate anyway, but you are consciously working on how to build up your estate. So make sure you have a conversation with them on estate planning and what their responsibilities are. So there's things that you want to talk to them about. For example, the family cottage, how that gets affected if there is one. You want to talk about if there's rental properties. So mom and dad might own a duplex that they rent out and uh, you're the executor because the, the passing of the second parent, you're put on the will when that happens. So you want to know how that's going to be affected um, because there's definite tax implications. Farms, farms are big. Um, you want to make sure that you have conversations about how the farm is going to pass, if it's going to pass, um, you know, if maybe there's nobody in the family that wants to take over the farm. So these are all conversations that you need to know because the executor is going to be the one that's administering this and it's going to be in the will. And if it's in the will to say sell the land and uh, distribute the proceeds, how they're going to be distributed and how the tax is going to be paid and whether or not there's going to be a life insurance policy to cover taxes or, or whatever the case may be. These are all things that you want to have conversations with the advisor about. Because the advisor will, um, if they're an advisor looking at estate planning, they're going to help direct you. So hopefully that helped a little bit and didn't scare you off. And if nothing else, it encourages you to get a will, talk to an advisor, let your estate um, be taken care of properly, cleanly, and let your executor know who they are and have a conversation. Thank you for joining us. We will see you again here on Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.